Hello there, internet. Welcome back to another episode of the SoloCast. I am your host, Summix, and I appreciate it if you watched the first episode. If not, well, here comes episode two. Uh, the last time I talked to you guys, I talked about pretty much a lot of everything, and this time I'm going to hone in a little bit more on the support role. The support role is where I main, it's where I climb, and it's where I feel like I can make the most impact on the game, and my knowledge is very high. Um, you know how like when you're in everyday life, and you're like, oh, it's the little things. You're in a relationship, and it's like, oh, I appreciate the little things. I like the notes on my car, and I like the notes when I wake up, and I appreciate you making my lunch every day or whatever the circumstances that's the support role you know and it's not for everybody and i feel like if you understand the support role those little things 15 minutes into the game 20 minutes in the game make a huge impact so let's just dive into them and let's just get right in on into it support right off the rip champion select if your first pick, um, you know, I, I suggest play to your comfort because it's just what you're most comfortable on. You don't have a choice. You know, you're going to be playing in solo queue and you don't have a choice. You know, solo queue is a whole different atmosphere compared to playing with a bunch of friends. Um, so if you are first pick, obviously pick the comfort. But if you have the option... Um, it's very in-depth, you know, right, right off, as soon as you get that cue pop, and boom, there it is, you hit accept, you jump in, and let's say you're like third, fourth, fifth pick, um, you know, I still play to your comfort, don't try to play to something that you don't know what you're doing, but if you have the opportunity to play a bunch of supports, and you can play a bunch of supports, um, try to play to your advantage, and advantages come right from champ select. So if they have a bunch of assassins, you know, you're obviously going to want to play an enchanter or a mage of some sort that can counter his damage or, you know, when the assassin comes in, you know, you have something to shut that down. Um, granted, you know, if the assassin gets fed, that's a whole different situation, but um, enchanters and majors are definitely the hot pick right now. Anybody from Karma to Lulu to Lux to Morg, Sona and Nami might be like top two right now. You know, you have Jaina. Um, anybody that can build Redemption, Ardent Sensor, and uh, I have no idea what the name of the item is right now. <laughs> but it gives you MR and a whole bunch of uh, like a big shield. Lux builds it first, but any of those items are really good and very key to playing those type of champions. Um, but if you do see that there's assassins, you can also play tanks. Tanks are really good, but you got to play around your own personal cooldowns. Uh, you know, different tanks would be like Leona, Alistar, Braum, Thresh, Tom Kench, even Shen is good. Uh, you just, you, if you blow a, a specific cooldown and the assassin knows what the hell they're doing, you know, they're going to come in. It, it's, that's what makes an assassin good is playing around cooldowns and playing around 
certain situations to better their advantage. You know, assassin can't ARAM and just go right in the middle and fight you right in the face. You know, they need to have that flank opportunity or I, I'm sure you've played against a LeBlanc or a Zed or a Talon. They don't come straight at your face unless it's safe. They will always flank you. You know, they will wait till the team fight starts and then pop your carries. You gotta, you know, as a support, you gotta wait for that assassin to engage and then play off of that. You know, it's it's as much as I like playing a support that engages and starts a team fight. You know, sometimes that's not what you need because you might already have engage. Um, a lot of games I personally have been playing with. They don't have the engage. Um, I notice a lot of team comps right now are poke compy. I think I might have talked about that in the last podcast. But you know, you always want to play around your team and around to the advantages that you feel like you can do. Uh, support right now is in a very, very good role, and every single support is viable. A support is viable. You know, if you're going to play like a Warwick bottom or a Teemo support or, a, you know, I recently saw a Mundo support. I'm not going to say don't do it because if you're good at that champion, by all means, take it and run with it. But you got to understand the circumstances and why you're doing, doing certain things. Um, you know, like if you're let, let's let's throw it out here because I already said it. Mundo. Now, if you don't know what Mundo does, Mundo has a little swirly thing that goes around him and does AoE damage. And he chucks, I'm going to call him Phone Books because that's my favorite skin that he has. And that's pretty much it. So you're going to chuck Phone Books at people and slow them. And hopefully the ADC you're with doesn't need an engage and can play with that slow. Duh. To be 100% with you, don't play Mundo support. Uh, some other supports I didn't mention are like Brand, Zyra, Bard, Pike. These three champions right now are very high damage. You're going to want to play with these supports that don't need engage but can play off the damage that you deal. So I'm a big, big advocate for Brand support. He does a load of damage but he's you know very low range and um, you got to be very close and you got to be able to hit your skill shots after you ignite them I'm not going to get too much into brand but apparently from what I've been hearing if you are bronze iron silver or low gold brand is where it's at uh, you can carry a game from the support role go dark harvest I've done it before but um, just play to your comfort, you know, if you do want to play support, you definitely want to understand every little mechanic that you can. We're going to go over them here, but uh, I'm not going to sit here and babysit you. You just need to work on what you want and what you want to do. Um, you know, you're going to see a lot of mages. Oh, excuse me. You're going to see a lot of mages and enchanters right now. And when you do... You know, they're going to take advantages of your tanks. And how do you counter a mage? How do you counter an enchanter? Rakan is a very good counter right now. 
Um, as long as you have an ADC who's willing to come in with you or you know your jungler's around, Rakan can easily engage. He jumps in with his W, auto attacks, he can you know throw his Q and get a heal and then come back and shield, and hopefully your jungler's there, hopefully your ADC's backing you up with damage. You know, his engage with that knockup is key on a mage. Granted, let's throw it out there and say you're playing a Lux. Lux throws her Q, which is her bind, and she misses. I'm not saying force an, an, an opportunity, but that there is an opportunity there. When they miss a skill shot that's on a cooldown of you know anywhere between 7 to 10 seconds, jump on that opportunity. Whether it's engage, or it's take a tower, or it's rotate and do Baron, or clear pink ward, or you know whatever the circumstances might be, when they miss a skill shot, take advantage of it in any possible way that you think's viable. Don't tower dive. Don't sit there and do nothing. Even just walking into the enemy bush or walking into their face while they don't have a skill shot down is going to do something to them mentally and is going to mess with their brain and they're going to say, oh no, the next time I miss this skill shot, I probably you know, shouldn't have thrown it or I shouldn't miss it, You know, whatever the circumstances are. Um, you're going to hear me clicking here in the next probably about 30 seconds i apologize but i like um you know when i'm doing a podcast i enjoy watching a game because it might trigger a thought or an idea and um i apologize right now because i just enjoy this all right cool so i'm currently following a, watching a friend right now and there's two minutes left in the draft doesn't help me so i'm gonna do some more clicking I probably shouldn't be doing this in a podcast, but I feel as real as I can be, you're going to appreciate it and you're going to want to, you know, interact with me. Um, I would love to go over my solo queue games here in the next couple minutes, strictly support. Um, but right now I'm just trying to give you tips on how to be a better support and, um, you know, what to do when it comes to that. So none of my friends are currently in a game, so we're going to sit here and wait for the draft to be over. Um... Yeah, so hopefully your games are going well, and hopefully if you are a support main, you do enjoy supporting. Um, a lot of my friends do not like supporting, and a lot of my friends don't understand how I climb so well as support, and right now I'm kind of in a rut. Um, so if you can get past silver and get into like high gold four, the game becomes extremely fun. So fun! I miss gold 4 to gold 2, gold 1. But now, I'm gold 1, pretty much platinum elo. And people are just, they're very negative And, you know, it's not my main account, so I don't care. Blah, 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 blah. Well, <laughs> I do. You know, this is my main account. And I, I don't know if people buy their accounts at platinum or they get boosted or what the hell is going on but it's 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 not fun you know i'm really curious that when i do hit platinum you know after platinum four do the games get better until you know low diamond high platinum i have no idea i've never been there i've only been platinum back in season seven and the only reason i was platinum in season seven was rakan
Uh, Rakan has not been as good as he was when he first came out. But he is definitely on the rise. He's a lot squishier. Uh, you know, I did say earlier that Rakan is good against enchanters and good against mages, and I still will stick by that. But um, he's really good when he plays with his sister or his wife or whatever she is, Zaya. And, you know, it makes her auto attacks faster, and it also gives your shield a bigger range. So you can go in. And jump backwards and not really have a problem with doing that, but um, yeah, if you do see them picking enchanter and a mage, I recommend picking enchanter and a mage as well. Uh, I feel like the strongest damage dealing enchanter mage is Zybra right now. I cannot play her. I don't enjoy that playstyle. Any kind of champion that has pets, I do not enjoy. So like Heimerdinger. Elawi and Zyra. I'm sure there's other ones out there. I just, and Ivern. I do not enjoy that playstyle. I don't like, I don't like relying on other things doing the damage for me because I feel like it's out of my control. Granted, you know, depending on your elo, people will come in and they'll take free damage and you'll get free kills for whatever reason. It's kind of like playing Teemo. <laughs> so it's just, you gotta pick an enchanter or a mage against enchanter and a mage. Like I said at the beginning of the podcast, play to your comfort. Play to your comfort. Um, so now let's get into the nitty gritty of playing support. Warding. I can say a thousand things about warding. If you're playing a tank support, you're going to have the green support item. I'm not going to call it by its name. Because I feel like people listening to podcasts don't know the name. You need to get that item to its quest finalization as soon as possible. I had a hard time doing this. But I had a really good friend of mine tell me to always snipe the cannon minions because that gives you a whole bunch more gold compared to just taking minions when the ADC is low on health because that item does heal people. But you need to get that finished quest item finished as soon as possible so you have access to the wards. Um, so now let's get into where you should be warding and what you should be warding. Uh, you know, if you are playing bot lane, Depending on which side you are, obviously it's going to play a role in what you should be doing. But you always want to have a ward in the river. I'm not going to necessarily say in the river bush, but just in the river. Because mid laners will roam, junglers will roam, and sometimes they just come right down the river. You know, it's a very obvious ward. Um, Uh, you can put it up by dragon. You can put it right in the bush. You know, whatever you do prefer. Um, if you can get offensive wards, we'll talk about that a little bit later. But just ward, you know. Having a ward that's not useful is better than not having a ward at all. Uh, a, another good... So let's talk blue side. Blue side, the best way I like to... Describe blue side is 
blue starts with B. B starts with bottom. And the bottom team starts on the bottom left of the map. So blue side. You have the butt end of dragon. And you have your own tri-bush. You want to keep a ward in the tri-bush. But there is a plant behind the tri that a jungler can jump when he does take that and can bop over and then do a, a very creative gank. You know, a jungler can have a very creative path that you're not going to be aware of, but just having vision of some sort, you really can't complain. You know, when you do get better at supporting and you understand jungler a little more and whatever else the circumstances might be, you'll 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 evolve but just ward you know i play with some velkaz supports and brand supports and they just simply don't ward and it's like well you know i i, I yes i am ahead but i can't push because i can't see what i'm pushing into you know it's better to be safe you know everybody says better to be safe than sorry but it's better to be safe and confirm your kill than take a risk and then you know, you're 3-0 as an ADC or a support and you die because you didn't have vision and then all of a sudden you die and, you know, you lose dragon, you lose towers, like whatever the circumstances. And excuse me, I need to take a drink because I haven't stopped talking in the past 15 minutes. But yeah, warding, warding is great, you know, but that's not all support is. You're not just a you're not just a award bot, but you know that is one of your main things when you think of support. Um, there's also pink wards. They're all they are called control wards, and control wards will let you see other wards. Uh, I highly recommend buying at least one on your every back. I've seen a lot of higher elo players buy two because if you do lay one and it dies really early and you're still, you know, full mana and full HP, um, you don't have a pink board anymore. So then you have the opportunity to lay a second one if the situation is appropriate. So let's say your jungler comes bot lane and he wants to do dragon. You have pink board. You lay a pink board. But the enemy has a ward in the pit. Do you attack it? No. Your instinct is, oh, there's a ward. Let's get rid of it. Don't attack it. You know, if you do attack it, it gives the vision around you and whoever attacked it. It gives the enemy vision on what's going on because you attacked it. But if you lay a pink, it negates the vision that they have. And then you can do whatever you please. Now, granted, don't get me wrong. If you do lay a pink in other circumstances and there's a ward there, you know, you might want to clear that ward so they don't have any sort of vision. But if you're just going to snipe dragon or rift herald or, you know, baron, don't, don't, don't attack it. You know, I, I do fall guilty of this. I know I do. I've been yelled at by the solo queue masters, winky face, but, um, Always have a control ward. Always put it somewhere safe where you think um, it's appropriate. So now warding for the enemy support. You know they're going to be warding as well. You when you do complete that quest item that I was talking about, um, 
instead of having your trinket be wards, you're going to want to change that trinket to a scanner, which is the red thing. And that scanner is just as, not just as good as a control ward, but gives you the access as if a control ward would. So, you know, you go into where you think the enemy support has wards, you just press the scanner and that will scan everything around you. Um, this is another circumstance though, if you see a ward and you don't think it's appropriate to attack it, that scanner negates all vision. Uh, it's very hard to say when that circumstance is. Maybe like, you know, they do ward Baron and nobody has a pink and you just want to negate their damage, or not their damage, you want to negate their vision. Um, I guess. Or if you scan and like a Talon alts or a Rengar alts or whoever else turns invisible in the game that I can't think of right now, you know, use the scanner. Uh, it's very helpful. It shows, it shows like a delayed lag movement. It's, it, it's very viable, but as a support, you should always have scanner once you have the completed quest items. I know I talked about, uh, the green finished quest item there's also the blue one that's really good for enchanters and there's also the yellow one which is really good for uh, a lot of other supports right now it's pretty much only good on thresh i've realized but yeah you know it, it depends on your comfort depends on your playstyle. but the yellow one is pretty neat because when you kill minions in the lane it drops gold and it drops mana and when it does drop gold, make sure you're picking that up because that gold goes towards your quest item. And then as for the blue one, every time you hit the enemy champion or a tower, it gives you gold. You only have three stacks, but those stacks do reset over time. And every time you hit an enemy champion with an ability or the attack, or you hit the tower with an attack, you know, you do expend a a charge which is always good you know there's never a circumstance where you want to save a charge um but once you complete those quest items get the scanner dragon control by the way we're done talking about warding i'm losing my voice but um there's a lot more to support than just warding like i said earlier uh, I feel like I did cover most of the basics when it comes to warding. So now we're going to talk about objective control. And I don't mean objectives as in just Baron, Rift Herald, and Dragon. You know, you can control their red wards or their red buff, their blue buff, depending on what side you are. And you can play a real big uh, role on taking towers. Um... Let's just talk about dragon because that's the most obvious one when it comes to bot lane. Um, if you're behind, the, if then the other team is really good at what they're doing, they're gonna you know take every single dragon because you're behind and there's nothing you can really do about it unless your jungle gives you some love and will play towards you. But every game is different. Every solo queue game is different. You just never know. If you are ahead though. Um, I highly recommend trying to force dragons and I know people have their preference on which dragon is better than the other one, but a dragon for you is always a better dragon than them having it. No, 
I would rather have that dragon than the enemy have it. You know, they might have an extra HP regeneration or movement speed out of combat or, you know, whatever simplistic it is, you want to have that dragon because it's better for you than them. I mean, don't force a fight that is unnecessary if it's, you know, not infernal, but it's it's a preference thing but when you do when you are ahead make sure you have a ward on the dragon so nobody can sneak it or even hell i even put a pink ward on the dragon because if people do come up and try to ward it they have to sit there and clear my pink ward and that might be an opportunity for you to jump on the enemy or an opportunity for the jungler to come down and jump on the enemy um This dragon control comes back to comes back to warding, you know, control of objectives. So Baron and Rift, everything I just said the past three minutes, it's the same thing for dragon. Um, you know, when it does get late in the game, you want to have a ward in some tricky spots when it comes to uh, Baron. Um, you know, be creative with your warding when it comes to Baron because everybody's going to check inside the pit. Everybody's going to check the pit, the pixel brush right there in front of. The Baron, but you know, put it on the side, put it, put it outside of the pit, so that you can see somebody attacking it. Granted, you can't see the HP of Baron, but you still know that they're on it. You can still make a play, and you can still move forward. Um, so now, tower objectives as a support, you can get one of the runes called it's Demor Demoralizer. I'm not saying it right, but. Uh, when you're close to the tower, there's like a cute little tick. I think it's five or six ticks around the tower. Once it gets down to the, the bottom one, you can auto attack it and it does a nice chunk of damage. Uh, I noticed a lot of the tankier supports will do it. But, you know, if you have a Jinx or a Tristana, you know, that, that th those tower chunks over time, you're going to get first tower. That's an extra gold for you or the ADC and your whole team. And then you can, you know, start to roam. Uh, Roaming is a whole nother subject I'm not going to get into right now because we're talking about objectives. But, you know, you always want to play around in objectives. And you know what the best objective in the game is? the nexus and every objective you get gets you one step closer to that damn nexus and when that nexus dies you win doesn't matter how many kills you had or the adc had that nexus dies you get those lp points league league points or whatever and then you know you win the game who doesn't like winning games i would love <laughs> I would love to win a game with no kills. Granted, that's damn near impossible, but you know that'd be so neat. Um, other objectives that are really minimal: uh, red and blue buff. You know, if you can get deep wards on the enemy team's red and blue buff, and your jungler can play towards it, and you can play towards it at the same time, you are gonna manipulate the other team's jungler so bad they're just not going to know what to do and it, the game's going to snowball out of control in your favor uh don't risk it to ward deep you know if you have the tower shoved or your adc decided to shove the tower and you know the jungler's not bot side go ward their jungle you know it gives let's see so my best explanation as a support 
is you're there to enable your team. You can do everything possible right to enable your team, but if your team doesn't take advantage of it, it's not your fault. It's not your fault. Um, you know, you do deep ward through the jungle, you see the jungler, but your jungler's not going to do anything about it. Nah, that's that's his fault. Like he should be he should be counter jungling. We're not going to get into the jungle thing, uh, but your best friend is the jungler. You know, you guys are going to do a lot of work together, but the number one person you should be supporting is your ADC. If your ADC is not doing well and the lane phase is over, well, by all means, you can follow a different carry, but you're almost going to want to have the buddy system with your ADC because, you know, if you if you fed a Jinx and she's 6-0 because of you helping her, but then she's alone, you know, a, a two and six Talon can kill her or a two and six Nico or, you know, a two and six Malzahar. Like an ADC by itself, besides like Vayne, the chances of them doing well is pretty slim. So just make sure that you um, pay with your jungler when you can when it comes to warding and objectives. And you should be, you know, in... in in good hands, I guess I, I would say. And, you know, your your jungler is going to appreciate it more than your ADC ever will. Um, but if a jungler does come down to gank, force a play. And I don't mean just run in, because in your, by you running in gives the enemy team knowledge that your jungler's there because you're being very dumb and very forceful but you know play a little passive flirt with the bushes get caught on purpose you know that works too but you gotta not just walk up because you know you walking up is going to give the enemy team a heads up and you know they're gonna just back up regardless and then your jungler wasted time and then you know he could have been doing something better like getting scuttle or counter jungling or blah 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 um some few quick tips before we end the podcast here so helping your adc cs is so valuable so let's say you're a support and you're playing with an adc who doesn't uh uh kill C kill the minions that fast because you're playing against the Sivir and she's going to shove it into your lane. This is not something you're going to learn overnight. But when the tower is smacking the minions, that does a lot of damage. And when you, you know, if you can auto attack the back minions, the range minions one time and the tower smacks it once, your ADC only has to attack it once. Um, you're going to get a lot of pings in the lower elos. Like, why are you attacking my CS? Just do it anyway. It, you're going to be like, oh, wow, my support actually knows how to play. Don't get tilted over this kind of thing because I've been there. You know, I've seen myself get tilted over stuff like this. But you got to just help your ADC to CS. And if the enemy team decides to back, help your 
ADC push the wave. Don't take a CS, just attack the higher HP minions so that your ADC can push the minions faster, but also last hit them and get the gold that he or she deserves. So that you can, you know, you can also back. Um, one other thing. Level advantages. This is crucial. The biggest advantages in the game are when you hit level 2, level 3, and level 6. You need to kill 9 minions to get level 2 at the beginning of the game. And this is crucial for people like Leona, who gets their dive in and their stun immediately. Even Thresh. Thresh gets his hook and his flay and can make a play. And if you're level 2 and they're level 1, you know... You have two abilities and they only have one. Could you imagine playing a game like Mortal Kombat or Street Fighter and they have one button and you have two? Like, that's pretty much how the game works when it comes to level two. Now, level three, you know, level three is really good for Vayne. And if you have a Vayne on your team and she hits level three before they hit level three, that's an opportunity. Like I said before, imagine playing like Goldeneye or Star Fox and you have three buttons and they have two buttons well that gives me you know that third button might be a, a maneuver or an extra an extra damage ability that you have you gotta play to your level advantages and obviously everybody loves being level six because you get your ultimate if you hit level six before the other team hits level six and your level six is an offensive ultimate you should probably take advantage of that as soon as possible if it's a defensive level six you know just hang back and if they get silly and just try to engage and you can use that and then counter engage well yippee kaye <laughs> lastly i appreciate you guys listening to this i hope you're enjoying it um i'm only on episode two and you know episode one was a little all over the place but i am in the learning phase i'm really enjoying this uh, i do plan on having guests in the future i do plan on you know doing everything possible to make my podcast good my podcast happy and um you know, my main thing is talking about my solo queue games and how to make your solo queue games better. Um, lately, my main supports are Morgana, Lux. My Thresh is kind of uh, took a hit. I'm not as good as him anymore. I think I became a higher elo. Now I'm scared to play him for whatever reason. Um, but there's a lot of good supports out there. The one support I do want to play more is Nami. And recently, so we are currently, it's May 14th, 2019. And Yumi came out today. That cute little furball that I have no idea what she does. Yeah, I watch videos. Yes, I bought her. But I played against one and I was legit scared of their ADC because Yumi was a part of the ADC. So, hopefully you enjoyed this podcast about the support role. I hope some of this was helpful, and I hope you take this into your solo queue games and you see the differences on how the little things matter. And I highly doubt that anything I said is not going to help you. If you already know all this stuff, well, then you're probably a diamond player or your platinum player. 
Um, but you know, there's it's always nice to be reminded to just you know, oh yeah, that's right, I should be doing this, or all oh, right, that's yeah, I I don't do that enough, you know, whatever the circumstances are. But hey, thank you very much for listening to the solo cast. Can't wait to hear from you guys. Can't wait to talk for you, you know, in the next coming weeks. And um, see you later.